My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. I've been thinking lately what it means to be a real man, and by that I mean a manly man, with all its attendant perquisites. This was brought to mind by a recent incident with my good friend Davis McClyde, upstanding citizen of Trouveau, stalwart of the Southern Convention, and beloved husband of Myrtle Ann, this last going on 40 years now. But most of all, he is, like me, the aforementioned manly man, and as such, always up for adventure. I've apprised you of this through relation of our previous exploits, i.e. infiltrating a ladies' pie party and playing a hirsutal prank on young Naomi Sue down at the post office. So it should not surprise you that on a recent Saturday, we were again engaged in a good-natured enterprise. It was a hot day, with the temperature rounding off to 95 by mid-afternoon and the air hanging thick with moisture. Not a breeze either, so even a good sweat couldn't cool us off. To add to our discomfort, the buffalo gnats were out in force, and I sported a red welt on my neck where I'd been bitten. But we'd done what we'd intended to do, Davis and I, having made three trips to the lumber mill that day, each time filling the back of Davis's truck with the dense southern pine he needed to build that enclosed deck he's had his heart set on. Must have been 1,200 pounds total, and don't forget that's loading and unloading. It was enough to wring out even a grizzled old farmer like me, particularly on so torrid an afternoon. Say, says Davis, when our task was done, I've got an extra rod and tackle. Why don't we reward ourselves for our hard work with an afternoon of fishing? A tolerably good idea, responds I. Where at? I've got a secret fishing hole down at Duck's Crevasse, says Davis, referring to the 30-acre lake a few miles out of town. Walleye so easy to catch you'd think they were suicidal. Then let's have at it, says I, and in no time at all we were heading down Highway 3, dreams of fried perch dancing in our heads. Twenty minutes later we pulled up to a lakeside grove of black tupelo, grabbed our poles, and made for the shore. But as soon as we got there, Davis slapped his forehead with his palm and said, Oh my gosh, I'm in error. This isn't my secret fishing hole. This is my secret swimming hole. Well, that's okay, says I. We can still drop our lines in. No, says Davis. The fish don't bite here. Not at all. A minor botheration, says I. Let's just head over to the fishing place. We could do that, says Davis. But of course, long as we're already here, maybe we should just avail ourselves of the spot. A dip in cool water would be a tonic on a day like this. I don't disagree, I replied, but you seem to forget that neither of us has brought our swimming trunks. Good heavens, he exclaimed. That detail did elude me. Then, as I made to go back to the truck, Davis says, Now just wait a moment, Farmer Gray. Perhaps I can proffer a solution to our dilemma. And what might that be, queried I. Well, says Davis, we've no trunks, as you observed, so that's out, and it wouldn't do to submerge ourselves fully clothed in counterfeit of holy baptism. We would be toying with blasphemy, says I. Truly, says Davis, but there is a second alternative. Do tell, says I, for none presents itself to me. What I propose, says he, is that you and I engage in that time-honored ritual known as, well, skinny dipping. 
Say what, says I, because, folks, this caught me by surprise, but with yours truly suffering from chronic shyness, indeed, the self-same shyness that befell Mr. and Mrs. Adam and Eve after dining on the apple. So the idea of appearing in disabile held no allure, though my clothes hung heavy with sweat, and I advised Davis so. But Brother Gray, says he, you've no cause to feel bashful. Only you and I will bear witness to the other's state. And surely, since we are both manly men, to catch sight of another male au naturel is the same as seeing him in a three-piece suit. Think ye, says I, that the Lord will not look down from heaven and mistake us for sodomites? Certainly not, says Davis, for I can think of nothing less prurient than two male heterosexuals shedding their duds for the relief of cool water. Well, that swimming hole did look inviting in the blistering heat, and with Davis's assurance that we would not be courting God's wrath, I at last agreed to doff my attire and join him for a dip. Even so, I could feel myself blushing when my underdrawers joined my overalls on the grassy shore. I don't know if I could say the same for Davis, for I resolved not to look at him until we were safely waist-deep in the lake. I see you're hauling very little body fat, says Davis, which proved that he did not have the same reservations as I, but I chalked it up to the innate manliness that allowed him to view the male body with no more sense of shame than he'd experienced looking at a hardware catalog. Still, I felt myself flush even more deeply. Perhaps I just can't take a compliment. Anyway, with our clothing removed and arranged in two neat piles, we together waded into Duck's crevasse. And folks, well, let me say this. There are those who seek euphoria through illicit drugs and those who court it through sour mash. But those strategies to an altered state place but a poor second to the ecstasy of icy H2O on a 95-degree day. Soon I was standing neck high in relief, but did turn away as Davis swam by doing the backstroke. Then, treading water a few feet away, that rascal, you know what he did? He splashed me. I, of course, could not let this stand, so I splashed him back. And wouldn't you know it, he splashed me again, so I retaliated, and soon we were splashing each other to beat the band. All in good fun, of course, for this respite from the heat had turned us playful as boys. I thought I'd bested him, too, when he cried uncle and sank below the surface. But that was just a ruse, allowing him undetected to swim up and yank my legs out from under me. Oh, ho, thinks I, perfidious trickery. Well, two can play at this game. And with that, I grabbed his legs when he bobbed up for air, so he was once more submerged, at which point his arms were around my midsection and mine around his, tumbling through the water till, wouldn't you know it, we were engaged in a full-blown wrestling match. All arms and legs were we as we grappled on that sultry day, two frogs and gentlemen making innocent sport. But as mamas like to say... It's all a game till someone gets hurt. A truism brought home by a yelp from Davis. Oh, cried he, I seem to have injured a calf muscle, the gastrocnemius, if I'm not mistaken. Good heavens, man, says I. Is it serious? Indeed, came the reply, for with my limbs so damaged, I will not make it to shore. Goodbye, old friend. I leave it to you to eulogize my passing. Goodbye, friend Davis, says I. I'll tell your wife your last thoughts were of her. Uh, sure, says he. Why not? And with that I began to swim away, for I could not bear to watch him drown. I had, however, gone but a few feet when I heard the fellow call out, Hold on, Brother Gray, I've just had a thought. Oh, says I, turning back, 
Yes, replies he, for though I am an extremist, perhaps we can strive for amelioration. Are you familiar with the Red Cross techniques of basic water rescue? I had to admit that no, I was not. Well, says Davis, swim on over and I will instruct you so as to facilitate my deliverance. I thus made for my friend and with alacrity, heartened that I could abet his salvation. Now first thing, says Davis, get behind me and grab me beneath the arms. I did as prescribed, my chin resting on the back of his head. Next, he enjoined, press me tight against your chest and abdomen so that it might be warmed by your body heat, for this gosh-darned injury has weakened my metabolism, leaving me vulnerable to hypothermia. Uh, Davis, says I, you're sure this is endorsed by the Red Cross, the American Red Cross? Absolutely, says he, page one of the manual. All right, then, I replied and drew the man close, life-saving warmth passing twixt our skins. What next, Davis, asked I of he, but this was met with silence. Davis, I repeated, huh, says the gent as if stirred from a reverie. Oh, next, yes, next you propel us to shore. The recommended method, of course, is the frog kick. The frog kick, says I. Yes, says Davis, pumping hard with extra wide strokes, or so the experts counsel. Well, I wasn't about to argue with an august body like the Red Cross, especially when a life was at stake. With my buddy's back pressed tight against me, I frog-kicked for all I was worth, with Davis shouting encouragement all the while. Pump! Pump! he cried. Harder! Harder! With that, that took a lot out of him, for suddenly, with one last shout, the man went limp, apparently quite spent from the exertion. So weak had he become, in fact, that once we reached shore, I had a time of it dragging him back on dry land. Well, says Davis, as I lay in the grass beside him, panting from my labors, looks like you'll need a new sobriquet. No longer Farmer Gray, you are from this day forward Hero Gray. Nonsense, dear friend, says I. You'd have done the same for me. And Davis, his voice almost dreamy, replies, yes, yes, I would definitely do that for you. Strangely enough, he kind of sounded like he were hoping to. Anyway, we'd reclined in silence for a minute or so when the fellow said, You know, that brush with the Grim Reaper has induced contemplation, what I ought to have done with my life and didn't, and all that sort of thing. And you've a fine, but you've a fine life, Brother Davis, says I, a respected churchgoer who makes a fine living. Granted, the wholesale tile business may not be a patch on farming, but it's an honest sustentation. That's just it, says Davis. Lately, I've been thinking I need to engage in some other activity, something more fulfilling. And what might that be, asked I. Stump grinding, says Davis. Really, says I? Really, says he. Stump grinding. I've become obsessed with it. All day long, at home, at work, and even Lord help me when praying in First Baptist, all I can think about is stump grinding. Well, heavens, says I, that should pose no dilemma. I'm sure there are plenty of stumps in the county need grinding. Davis sighed and said, fewer than you'd think, Brother Gray, fewer than you'd think. Evening was coming, so we dressed and returned to the truck. And on the drive back home, I must have pointed out a dozen stumps. But each time Davis just shook his head and muttered, avidity ain't opportunity. To what did he refer? Beats me. Only thing I knew was... Nothing tops a manly day at the old swimming hole. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 